Hey, hey, everybody. It's your boy Dino Red here. Hoping that you all are having a wonderful Labor Day. Um, just to give you guys a heads up what's going on. The crew, we're taking a day off to enjoy the holiday with our family and loved ones just like you. But also, we're in uh, Southern California and we're in the middle of a horrible, horrible heat wave. So it's... Uh, I didn't want to ask the the crew to come in and record under you know under these circumstances. So what we're going to do is we're going to play for you uh, Shiznit Show number seventy five, Sandra Bland, and uh, a Shiznit Show classic replay. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. It was a great episode. Um, there are some things in there that's a little dated, obviously, because it's from about two years ago during the whole Sandra Bland movement, but. If you've never heard it, there are some very informative things in there and some entertaining things as well. We have uh, uh, guest Cool Rock from the Fat Boys on the show. And we also have uh, my friend, uh, Vanessa Carmichael, who is a very talented writer uh, for HuffPost and freelance writer. So it was, it was a very, uh, very good episode. So sit back and enjoy. Oh, and for some of you guys who are pot of thrones fans wondering where the pot of thrones is it the last episode of the season will air we just my partner lord latone is in louisiana and he was affected by hurricane harvey and we have not been able to record but hopefully his situation is you know under control now and we will be able to record that last uh, episode of the season this week and we'll have guest sir lamont stewart coming in to close out the season with us okay so thank you guys for your patience thank you guys for riding with us enjoy this classic replay enjoy your labor day what's happening with it this is slink johnson aka black jesus your lord and savior and you're listening to the red rock podcast network how you love that you are listening to the red rock podcast network featuring pod of thrones and the shiznit This is the Red Rock Podcast Network. From Red Rock Studios in Los Angeles, California, this is the Shiznit. And your host, Damon Standifer, Charlie Bell, and Dean O'Reilly. Now, put your hands together for the Shiznit. Well, all right. Welcome back to another episode of the Shiznit Show. We realize that you have a choice in your podcast listening, and we appreciate you listening to us. A good day, Charlie Bell. Hey, Dino. Welcome back. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back, baby girl. 
Welcome back, uh, Weasel. Buenas tardes, señor. <laughs> Do you have your papers? <laughs> I don't need no stinking papers. Here's a towel. Dry off your back. <laughs> Who the fuck are you, Donald Trump? <laughs> and we have sitting in with us special guest, uh, freelance writer and friend and neighbor of mine, Vanessa Carmichael. Hey there, Dino. Hey, hey. Yay. All right. Vanessa, thanks for joining us. All right, guys. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, I would say this is probably the longest break we've had since we started the show, huh? Yeah, yep. I believe so. Yeah. By far. Right. You know, and um, we didn't have a show last week. I was going to play like some sort of rerun or an interview or something like that. And this, I was just like, I was kind of beat. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to not. Our true fans will stick with us. <laughs> Plus, I don't want, yeah. <laughs> a hiatus. I don't want too many of the episodes to like be, I want like, I don't want too many of the episodes to. You want it to be what we do. Right, right. We do not, what we do. Not something else, right? right? So when we get to 100 episodes, it'll be us at 100 episodes, not, right. you know, oh, well, like 89, but like, you know, 11 <laughs> of those was like some other people or something, you right. know, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's why I did that. And we do have, the 100 show coming up. <gasps> what are wow. we going to do? I've been thinking. I was I was kind of thinking about trying to do a live thing. Let's have yeah. a meeting after this like, and talk about it. <laughs> well, we need to have a meeting anyway to talk about some of the other stuff that we got going on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we have a lot of, lot of things happening. Uh, since you guys, since we last talked to you guys, um, the Shiznit show may be going to terrestrial radio. So. Yes. Just so awesome. Yeah, so that, awesome that's that's uh, congratulations. Thank you very much. And I love when his disco yeah. <laughs> his disco bone kicks in. <laughs> Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. <laughs> Aww, I have another reason. <laughs> I have other reasons to hate you. So, um, yeah, so that, that happened. So you guys will notice a little different, uh, format today. We're trying out to, uh, to, you know, to see how things would conform. Should we take this radio thing? It's still being discussed among us. We have, we're going to have a meeting after this to finish chopping up. And, um, but, you know. And I already dropped an F bomb, thus fucking up the radio (laughs) format. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to be. I thought I'd be the one More that would effects. be doing. I thought it, it would be me that would be doing that, but I I guess not. <laughs> I'm just so comfortable here. So, what's uh, what's what's been up with you guys since the last time? Uh, let's start with you, Charlie Bell. What what have you been up to? Not much. Just out, you know, grinding in these streets out here trying to win like everybody else. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, lately I've been really super obsessed with the purported rumored whatever have you love affair between drake and serena oh my god oh, <laughs> they need yeah. to have a baby so cute. they need to have a baby oh, oh my, my god no sir they need to have a bunch of babies like at times like this you kind of are mad at hitler for ruining the term master race <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he kind of ruined it <laughs> but 
But if there was a positive version of that, I think it could be started by Drake and Serena. Now see, that's ruining my plans for Kobe and Serena. I wanted uh, I mean, Kobe's too yeah, old. I, yeah, well, no, I want no, super. Ba- I want super babies. Yeah, <laughs> I like I like Kobe I and Serena better than Drake and Serena. Well, first of all, Kobe's already married. His yeah. wife might minor love. details. Minor details. <laughs> yeah, I mean, minor details. Has that ever stopped anyone? Uh, Kobe's got plenty of money to uh, make up with his wife whenever he wants. <laughs> single in the NBA. Uh, right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really keep track of them like that. <laughs> yeah. Remember, remember when we went to the summer league and we saw the groupies uh, mm-hmm. in the audience? They were getting ready for the uh, yeah, all-star the up game. And comers. <laughs> yeah. The up-and-comers. Well, yeah, they had the... They, you so know, to speak? Yeah. They yeah. were the, they were rookies, too. Yeah. You, know, exactly. you mean the you mean yeah. the come-uppers? Yeah. 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 Up-and-comers. <laughs> up-and-comers, come-uppers, yeah. All of that. Right, but um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't even hear about that. That's how out of it I am. You didn't see Drake all swole and buffed up with his. He's probably been. I think he, they've been working out, and then they make hot, sweaty love, and they take a shower. Why are you like? I, I why do you sound I like a thirteen-year-old? They, the, they saw him at Wimbledon. That was <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He's been. At, he's at all her match. He's at all her matches. He's at the press conferences after. You know, like Riley and Steph Curry. He's oh, like, okay. so why, she, why do you so, sound like a 13 year old girl talking about Drake and Serena? I don't know. I just like it because it's been a, such a dark world lately. And I just, this is a bright spot. I just why? want them to have babies because they're so awesome. I love Drake and I love Serena and they need to have babies. See, that's probably, that's probably my problem with only like half the couple. Oh, I just like yeah. Serena. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, that is your problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't love Drake. No, no don't really? hate the Drake. Yeah. Hate <laughs> you, the Drake. You hate well, the Drake? Hate the Drake. What do you have to do? And then he he's just got a lot of enemies. Scandal. He didn't even just have a scandal <laughs> with somebody saying they wrote no. his raps or his. I don't hate the Drake. Yeah, Meek Mill's trying. To, Meek Mill is just a jealous hater. Whatever. Probably telling the truth though. He probably is, but who cares? He's still Drake. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. We know that ghostwriting goes on. Because I, I got I got a clip of uh, Drake straight stealing the rapping forte, like a, like sixteen bars from rapping forte. <laughs> like didn't hardly change anything. But to really? me, that's a that's a dumb criticism. Yeah. That's like saying that the women in King magazine have fake. Butts and titties. Yeah, no, we know. It's okay. They still want to see them. No, I don't think that's the same thing at all. <laughs> I think it is. I don't because those those ass and titties, they actually bought those, so they do own them. And <laughs> well, you think Drake you think people are writing Drake's raps for free? No. Well, I mean that verse he stole from Rapping Forte, uh Rapping Forte, he 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 had a problem with this so I, I'm pretty sure he didn't get paid. <laughs> or, he well, get, or he didn't get paid enough. Right, you know, there you go. Well, I'm not Rapid Forte's lawyer, nor Drake's, but I like them both. So <laughs> have babies. Is, does he get credit? Is he is he credited for uh, writing the song? Nah, oh. it wasn't the whole song, but it was like a whole uh-huh. like line. Lo- yeah, whole long ass verse. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, like like Jay Z said to Nas, like you made it a hot line, I made it a hot song. Like maybe it was just I don't I don't know Ooh. what you know. It could have yeah. just, it could have freshened it up a bit. Sometimes you just gotta give it a makeover. Give it some Febreze. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, that wasn't. You the gotta case. give it a Drake makeover. No, it wasn't a makeover. It was a, a, a it was a grand theft. Make off. <laughs> grand theft. <laughs> okay, enough of you, Charlie Bell, and your uh, teenage girl crush, couple crushes. <laughs> What about you? Yeah, guys uh, never have couple crushes. What about you, Izzy? What, what's what's going on with you, man? Yeah, uh, last night I did uh, did some stand up. Oh, okay. At, oh, yeah. 
over uh, at uh, the Infusion Lounge over in uh, City Walk. Wow. Uh, wow. Moving on up. Moving on up. Yes. Yeah, you know. So he didn't invite us to the good spot. <laughs> he invited us to that little raggedy yeah, ass, broke down spot. Yeah, in the hood. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> those seats for somebody else. He don't invite us to the, the show on City Walk. Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, we might see some, you know. Like, yeah, he doesn't want to be seen. Be entertained or something, you know. <laughs> like, this nigga done went Hollywood on us already. And he, <laughs> you know. Well, as long as you guys are clear on my intentions, that's all that matters. <laughs> So Charlie Bill, uh, we not even in, at to the first break yet, and Charlie Bill's already dropped f bomb and n bomb, and I don't even usually use the n bomb on this. Yeah, you do. Not as, not as much I, as you do. No, not as much. I use it the first most, but you right behind me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I use it in context. <laughs> what the? F- <laughs> you almost made me curse. What, what does that mean in context? What the hell? That's for another show. <laughs> in context. Next investment dump button. So yeah. So <laughs> hey, how did that? Uh, how did how did that show go? Uh, it went good. When uh, it was uh, mm-hmm. it was it was it was a different uh, venue for me. But mm-hmm. I mean, it was mostly mostly comedians in the audience. It was we had about fifteen comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was uh, you know it was it was a nightclub environment. I guess I guess the thing that was cool about it uh, for me basically was that there was really no pressure to to bring people because mm-hmm. you know, the other the other venues you gotta right you gotta advertise because yeah, you had a classy joint this time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is why you didn't invite us. Right. For right. some strange reason. Yeah, right. yeah. So we only got invited apparently for the last time because we were part of his quota. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, you were exactly. my, you were my, you are my affirmative act. Gotta bring people. somebody. <laughs> might, might, as well. Well. <laughs> might as well. bring Charlie Bell and Dino Red. Might as well. They got asses <laughs> to put in seats. You know, they, they can pay the minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I uh you know basically I I I did the same stuff so you know I I'm um yeah I I didn't want to you know it's like ten dollars for parking and stuff like that and it's like you know yeah no, I get it yeah. yeah you guys don't change your routines that often yeah did you get any, did you get any feedback from the comedians um was it the same like the set the same length or was it a little shorter it, it was it was shorter shorter yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah that was a pretty long set that yeah you had, yeah I had, I had I think I had seven minutes over at the Formosa I think it was six minutes six <laughs> minutes six <laughs> minutes Dougie fresh you're on 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 um and this one uh, I think I had five minutes okay. And uh, you know it, it, it was it was cool. Five minutes of fun. But when and raised in the streets of Brooklyn, there's three of us and we're all good looking. <laughs> why, why are you guys making pop culture references that I know? It's <laughs> a tribute to your act. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nostalgia. Yeah that, yeah, that was funny, man. Because I had, uh, I do a Motown bit, and like, after I, after I was done, the DJ uh, played uh, "My Girl." <laughs> That's right on time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and this uh, this was pretty much a this was pretty much a black uh, black club. So, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So there was a lot of m bombs and, and uh, <laughs> right right f bombs, and then you know they prayed afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you know they. I, know. I want to take my Lord and Savior Jesus. If y'all, they pray at my job, and it makes me so uncomfortable. 
Who really? does that? All the time. Really? Yes. No, they're not. I didn't think so. No, they're we not. work for government. We work for the government. We work yeah. for the CIA. You're not allowed <laughs> to pray. <laughs> Unless it's somebody's last rites. And then, right. you know, yeah. when you're about to assassinate someone, you can give them the last rites and then pull the trigger. But Don't other than that. But right. no, yeah, they do it all the time. It's, it's, it was a going away um, thing for this lady this last, like, Thursday. And, you know, they, like... Bless the food and pray to to Jesus, and oh, they do it. No. They do it. They do it all no. the time, and I just get so uncomfortable. That is mm-hmm. awkward. I'm like, and it's like, and it's like all these like managers and stuff. Like, you no. guys should know better. Like, how yeah. come I'm like the only person around here that? Why I'm the, the only heathen? Like, uh, <laughs> we're not supposed to be praying this shit. <laughs> Shut up, Dino. <laughs> I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> I rebuke you in the name of the the pot. No, you're not the only heathen. You're the only one that read the fucking policy. <laughs> Sorry, they read. I rebuke you, Charlie Bell. Sorry. Sorry. I mean, you're, you're the only one that read your personnel book, apparently, because you know. I mean, that's training. But yeah, yeah. But you don't want to get that look, you know, when you're the one who's like, we shouldn't be praying. They're like, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? exactly. But um. Let's go on to uh, Vanessa. Vanessa, tell us a little bit about yourself. This is your first time on the show. You are um, a freelance writer. You have a blog for Huffington Post, for HuffPo, as they yeah. call it, because, you know, people are too lazy to say two whole, you know, what, four syllables. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Huffington Post, what's that, three syllables? They got to cut yeah. it down. HuffPo. Yeah. <laughs> like Froyo, HuffPo. Yeah. I was reading HuffPo while eating my Froyo. <laughs> Picking my Afro. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the dojo. <laughs> so yeah, so um Yeah, well, uh yeah. besides not writing the blog, <laughs> I should be writing. Procrastinating about it. Oh. <laughs> I have so many ideas. Oh, but, so she's a real writer. Yeah. You know. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I um I also I also no, I also you know, I've written scripts and I just I sold one not too long ago, but so, Whoa, you know, congratulations. Wow. You actually sold a script. That's a, yeah, that's a huge accomplishment. A huge. huge accomplishment. Yeah. Huge. It's more so like, props. It's more like you rent a script with options. So. <laughs> right. So oh, okay. They, yeah, so you get can, it back. Can you and, talk about it at all? No. No, okay. Really. But, um, oh, yeah, besides oh, that, man. and then I'm, I'm going, I, I'm in school to get, I'm working on that PhD in history. So. Right. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that's of where all years. the big bucks are. <laughs> In the past, yeah. she's she gonna move out of this neighborhood. She won't be my neighbor for long. She's gonna get that PhD in history. Gonna be living with the Jeffersons. Well, you'd have to. You would have to get a PhD to be a woman teaching in history because it's just it's a boys' club. Yeah, it's a boys' club. Mm. Yeah, okay. yeah. Tends to be. Wow. Okay. Well. <clears throat> With that said, we are going to go ahead on into our first break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Be Honest of the No Nonsense Show, and when I'm in Cali, I kick it with the homies Dino Red, Charlie Bell, and Weasel of the Shiznit Show. Yo, Dino, us light-skinned niggas on the way back, man. Hashtag Barack Obama said nigga. Hashtag Team Lightskin. Hashtag Lightskin Matters. So, 
<laughs> you know, I've had some time to to hang out with my daughter, you know, since I've been on the men at home, healing up, getting ready to come back and all that. Oh, was that? Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that that was a sound I have never heard before. Yeah, I was squeezing it together. Aliens, <laughs> Aliens are taking over. Uh... And it's it's crazy the the conversations that they're getting deep. You know, yeah. she's only six. She's your daughter's pretty brilliant though. And um, let's see the some of the topics we covered while <laughs> over the last couple of weeks since I last oh, talked wow. to you guys. Mm-hmm. We talked about homelessness. Uh huh. Wow. Abortion. What? And gay marriage. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just the simple, easy topics. And uh, let's see. Uh, homelessness came up because uh, we were on my on our way to. <clears throat> I had to run by my my eye doctor, and he's on Third Street and San Pedro. Mm-hmm. So we went through Tent City, Tent Tent City. Mm-hmm. Um, at Skid Row for those who right, don't, yeah. for, are you out of towners, right? Yeah. Yeah, Skid Row, exactly. And she never, obviously, had never been. You know, she'd right. never been through there. Never. And she's like, "Daddy, why are these people camping on the sidewalk? Ooh. They're supposed to camp in the forest or the mountains." Oh, I bet they be asking oh. themselves right? that every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I explained to her, you know, I was like, "Well." That's that's what's you know they're called homeless people because they don't have homes and so mm-hmm. they make these little tents and some of them have actual tents you know but some of them just use blankets and whatnot and I explained to her that you know some people it's it's a combination of different people some people are mentally ill some mm-hmm. people ran on, uh, across some hard times mm-hmm. and some people are are drug abusers and drug addicts and they're addicted to drugs and they mm-hmm. lost everything and now they're on the streets and she was mm-hmm. like what's what's a, what's What's addicted mean? So Ooh, I explained to her about wow. about drugs and how you can become addicted to drugs and alcohol, <clears throat> and how that can uh, unfortunately it can lead to being homeless and living on the street. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's how that conversation came up. Wow. And then uh, let's see, gay marriage that came up because th- that actually uh, I think well you know what she brought it up out of the blue. She was eating dinner. We were watching television. And they were having a conversation, my wife and daughter. And I heard my wife say, ask daddy. (laughs) (laughs) And so I put the TV on pause and I was like, okay, here we go. So I just put it on pause. I was like, what what do you want to ask me, sweetie? What's going on? She's like, she's like, dude, sometimes um, two men or two ladies get married. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that happens. Especially now it's legal. So, yeah, that'll be happening more. And she was like, well, how come? So I explained explained to her about people, you know, being males being gay and two women being lesbians who love each other and then they get married and and she she didn't quite get that like the whole uh, same sex love thing she mm-hmm. didn't understand that part mm-hmm. but she knew what it was mm-hmm. as far as you know she, I explained to her but I said well that part I don't really know how to explain that to you just it just some people are that way and some people aren't mm-hmm. and you know. Um, some people try to discriminate against them and treat them differently and treat them badly, but we don't do that. You know, we're, mm-hmm. they're, they're still people just like us, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, we love everybody, you know, that, <clears throat> that in respect everybody. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, so you don't have to really worry about why or, you know, how it happens, whatever. Just understand that, you know, those are some people, people are like yeah, that. Right. And, and, and yes, some people, 
that are you know two yeah. women do get married and two men do get married yeah. it happens so you weren't afraid of this question you weren't afraid like oh my god i'm gonna ruin my child if i talk about discuss this no nah, nah. so many parents that's what yeah. it seemed like i don't want to talk about gay marriage with my kid you know and i want to have right. to talk about that you know it's like nah. as if you know you're talking about <laughs> pornography with them right you know? right right yeah the, the, the sex <clears throat> talk well, shoot, you're the gonna one have to talk about that too right at some point. right yeah. that's those are the ones that are a little bit more <clears throat> you know, the little more, you know, the, the, the talk, talk, the birds and the bees is the yeah. one that's a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know. Yeah. But, uh, no, nah, I was totally fine with all of these. And then the, uh, abortion came up last Ooh. night when we were watching. That uh, had to be the hardest. Yeah. No, actually, it, well, not really. Um, I think out of all of them, I think gay marriage was the hardest only because it was the only thing that she didn't understand fully. Like right. it wasn't the hardest to have the conversation about, right. but it was the hardest for her that, to grasp. For her, right. right. Mm-hmm. It was the yeah. only thing that she walked away from still not really yeah. everything else. She, she got like, right. okay, I get that. You know, she had questions and I answered and she got that. But mm-hmm. the, the abortion came up because we were watching the mini series Tut. It's a six part mini, uh, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. it's, it's three parts. It's three parts, two hours each, and it was on, it was on Spike a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. or a week ago, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we're just now watching it on the weekend because they're two hours each episode. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we were, uh, two, about two thirds of the way through, and, uh, his, uh, King Tut's queen sister, Mm -hmm. was uh in the in the bathtub and water started turning red and uh, you know me and my wife was like oh no and then you know she starts crying and everything and his wife number two to be was consoling you know his his main wife slash sister and and daniel was like I, i was the question i was afraid of I thought she would understand the fact that that was his sister and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, thought she yeah. would ask about that, but she didn't get that. Thank so, God. Ooh, yeah, that was the one I was <laughs> yeah, that's like, the one. how do you explain? Like back in the day, she seems to have trouble with marital relations. <laughs> yeah. but, so uh, do we. <laughs> so that, that part went over her head and, uh, but she was like, what's wrong with it? Why, why is she crying? What, what just happened? <clears throat> and uh, so I explained to her and that's when I explained to her about, you know, sometimes mommy's, you know, while their baby's still inside of them, the baby doesn't, the baby dies and, and it's, you know, it's born, it has to be born dead, mm-hmm. you know, because it, it, something goes wrong mm-hmm. and, and it's called a miscarriage, mm-hmm. you know, and wow. she, uh, you know, she's like, oh, you know, and, um, I think she had a question or two follow up, whatever, but yeah, so much more. So, so you- <laughs> So, I'm sorry. I, I, yeah, it wasn't abortion. Uh, I'm sorry. It was, it was it was miscarriage. Okay. Right, right. Thank it God. was not not, oh, okay. not abortion. Oof, but that's still I, I didn't, uh, yeah. didn't didn't bring up abortion. So, so you've Just already miscarriage. So you've already well. so you've already had the where do babies come from uh, discussion with her. No. Oh, so oh, you just you just skipped that and went straight to miscarriage. But she knows that babies was, comes from mommies. She know, yeah, she knows that oh, okay. part. I mean, how she, they get there? Is right, right, right. right. Oh, okay. <laughs> right. That's a different conversation. Right, yeah. But yeah, she already knows that the the baby's inside the mommy's tummy. So yeah, because yeah. yeah, I would have told her the stork died. <laughs> <laughs> And that's why you're not a parent. Thank well, you. that ain't the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, Weasel's still parenting from the 70s. Yeah. <laughs> Back when we the lied to children about 1870s. everything. <laughs> My parents lied to me and I'm fine. <laughs> uh, well, you're a good, you're a great parent, Dino. Yeah. That's what parents do. Is yeah. it, I mean, that's parenting awesome. is helping your child to deal with the world and those are all things that exist in the world and you have to she has to navigate it so good yeah. job good like, job do you know like a jedi guide <laughs> <laughs> <You> know, <for> <laughs> <life>. <laughs> yeah man so 
Yeah, so much for the the little light, you know, um, wah wah wubsy combos with my daughter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There'll be none of that, Donya said. No, I'm not having that. No I want to talk gay marriage. You know, <laughs> yeah. These Donald Trump what? comments. Exactly. You know, I'm just waiting for that kind of stuff. Like, what's really going on with Donald Trump, Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen his hair, by the way? That'll be harder to explain than homelessness. Right. <laughs> you mean Some he's rich and he looks like that? Right. <laughs> Some people are born with toupees. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some people have to buy them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Shoot. All right. Well, let's take a break and see if we can come back with our uh, special guests after this. You are listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network. Featuring Pod of Thrones and The Shiznit. Special guest, Damon Cool Rock Ski Wembley of the one and only, the legendary Fat Boys. Give it up. What's good? All right, man. Um, thank you for joining us, Cool Rock. How's it going, man? Hey, good. Yeah? Yeah, you were uh, calling from New York, right? Well, actually, I'm in Jersey, um, a town called New um, Brunswick. Oh, okay. Yeah. But you, uh, but you live in you live in New York, though, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm you know, I'm from New York. You're from New York, right? Born and raised. Right. Okay, man. Well, let's let's get into it. Let's let's get let's start. I always like to start from the beginning. Tell us real quick the story about uh, how you and your brothers, uh, you know, Prince Marky D and Buff Love, how you guys came together and formed the Fat Boys. How did that all get started? I was just um, doing our thing on the street corners, talent show, and just just knowing that we had a, a gift. Um, to do something other than play football, which was our first love. And so we just figured we'd start, um, you know, rapping. So the rap thing came upon us, and we didn't stop from there. We, just, um, we won the rap contest, like you've seen in the movie, and um, that was the first place prize. And we didn't look back after that. We just um, steam, steamrolled our way through the industry at that particular time, just doing so many different things for the world of hip-hop and taking it to different kind of levels. Um, the levels that you see today was done by us and, you know, Wendy and and Beastie Boys and you know, LL Cool J and all those guys. So that's pretty much what it was. So you guys were all part of the Def Jam, uh, Jeff, Def Jam family? No, we weren't part of Def Jam. You we weren't part, part, of part of Def Jam. Oh, okay. Um, we were part of Ten Pan Apple. Mm-hmm. Um, that was our label. We, were, mm-hmm. um, we moved to Polygram, where we were never affiliated with Def Jam. Def mm-hmm. Jam had um, Russell Simmons, Leo Cohen, and Rick Rubin. Mm-hmm. Def Jam and they had all the other artists, but like, you know, mm-hmm. some of the artists that weren't even on the label. Eric and Rockin wasn't on Def Jam. Um, mm-hmm. Houdini wasn't on Def Jam. Mm-hmm. Um, Run DMC wasn't on Def Jam, but he was, he managed a lot of the, the acts. The okay. biggest act that you've seen in the eighties and nineties in the world of hip hop was managed by Russell Simmons. Mm-hmm. So on the one hand, he would uh, he would manage them, but he didn't necessarily have them on his label. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, say that again. He didn't. He didn't. Necess- he would manage the like the Beastie Boys and and uh, you guys. And no, he never managed. It. He never he, managed he, you he guys. Went on the same tours with them. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the extent 
of our relationship. There mm-hmm. was no management done by Russell Simmons, none at all. Okay. Your, what's your opinion of the state of hip-hop today? Um, I mean, it's still, it's still relevant for now. You understand what I'm saying? What I mean, what I mean by that is that um, there's going to be some kind of music that's going to take over a typical genre of music. Just like hip-hop pretty much took over from rock and roll. There's going to be some kind of music that takes over from hip-hop after a while. Um, right now, the biggest thing going on in Europe is the dance. It's the, the dance music and club music craze. Now, the club music already breathed through America. We went through that already. It came and it went, but it's, coming, it's making a strong, strong comeback. And what's going on in Europe right now is that you got people, young people, 400, half a million strong coming to some of these, these parties. And club music is making a huge, huge um, play for the new genre of music that's coming out. Um, either you're going to get with it, you'll get steamrolled over. Uh, a lot of the artists who are doing pure hip-hop, a lot of artists that are doing pop hip-hop, a lot of artists who are just doing their rendition of hip-hop and rap, they, they, they I don't think they see what's going to happen in a couple of years. Um, because what's going to happen is promoters are going to see a way to capitalize and bring in young people who want to dance to this music, 20, I mean, not 24 hours, but for duration of the whole night you're not going to have a problem with no violence because they're just going to be doing nothing but dancing. Um, if, we don't, if we don't wake up real soon and start bringing out some really good music and some lyrical music, hip-hop is going to be, I'm not, I want to say it's going to be done, but it's going to be, it's going to be third. It's going to be third string, like you're having a third string player coming off the bench mm-hmm. in football or basketball. It's going to be third because you've got to have country, who is it's still a strong second to hip-hop. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the dance music, which is the club music. And, um, because it, right now that, that music and hip hop is so redundant, everything's been done and said, mm-hmm. and, and being that everything's been done and said, people are still recycling the same old bullshit. You know, throwing money at strippers, talking <laughs> about getting drugs, right. talking about killing. How many people are you going to kill? I mean, how many, how many drugs can <laughs> you bring into America? Mm-hmm. How many strippers can you throw money at? So it gets it gets old pretty quick, and um, it's at a stalemate. Um, you need something to liven it up. We need mm-hmm. some, not a dance craze. We don't need another damn dance craze. We don't need another um, person talking about that shot 16 times. We don't need that shit. We need right. something else right. know, in order to bring this music back. Are there any? It was. You know, Kendrick Lamar is, is doing a pretty good job at it. But we need more than one Kendrick Lamar. We need a whole host of other cats who want to go outside the box and do the music. I was going to ask you who you, who you think, um, other than Kendrick Lamar, is out here doing anything that you think is helping hip-hop to evolve. That's the first thing that comes to mind, and that's pretty much the only name. Now, unless you got some other names I have never heard of, mm-hmm. and even with a friend of Lamar, they're not going to really play him because his, his lyrical content is too deep. Mm-hmm. It's too deep. I mean, I mean, something is too deep, and it's not on the surface of what they're used to. You talk about radio. They mm-hmm. don't want to mess with it. Mm-hmm. And they kind of just back off of it, but you come out with a cat that's saying something about my chain, my chain, my... And they'll, they'll play that crap 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And poisoning the minds of people who think hip-hop is all about talking about something one-dimensional, which it's not. Mm-hmm. So this is why I said if, the, if somebody doesn't come... If you don't, if you don't have an array of people... We need, rap, we, need, we need rap groups out again. We need more female MCs. You understand what I'm saying? Absolutely. We need a lot of stuff to come out to make this music keep going. It's not like I don't know what I'm talking about, but I've seen how it grew. And I've seen the diversity in it. There's no more diversity in this shit. Hmm. Right. It's, it has you know, gotten it's, one-dimensional. It's, it's, it's one lane. Yeah. And you have something in one lane, you have a traffic jam. You yeah. have a traffic jam, nobody's going to move. The trap lane. 
<laughs> Trap House Lane. <laughs> so are you um, – so what are you – are you still involved in music? Are you participating? What are you trying to do in the music industry to help it uh, evolve evolve and adapt? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to help it evolve. I'm not even trying to do that music stuff no more um, because um, the stuff I want to do, nobody wants to listen to it anyway. So I'm not going to try to even attempt to do something – um, waste my time, you know, and I'm not saying that on an egotistical kind of point. It's just that you don't want to, you don't want to go in studio. I mean, you see cats like a most deaf, um, who coincidentally can't come back into the country no more because he's a little too deep for America. You have, mm-hmm. um, Talib Kweli, you have Common, who doesn't even rap anymore. He wants to act now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you got to pay the bills some way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you got Nas and you don't know, you don't know where Nas is going to go with it. The Nas mm-hmm. is one of the most lyrical cats that ever touched a microphone, but you don't know where he's going to go from day to day. With his lyrical content, right? Um, but at the same time, do you really want to put these cats out there? And when you put them out there, nobody's going to buy it. So it's kind of falling on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and it's a shame because these cats is, is, is they like some of the the, the, the the best lyrical cats to come out since the days of Coogee Rap, the Daddy Kane, KRS One, Rakim. You know, all these cats, mm-hmm. they fall in behind them. And even they were hurt. Even Kevin one was hurt as deep as he was sometimes with his political yeah. content. You know, but right now, nobody's being hurt. Yeah. And it's like everybody, it's like Chuck D said, you don't have to make a third verse no more when you do a, a song. Because everybody's playing the first and second, and that's it. You don't have to do a third <laughs> verse anymore. True. Yeah. You know, so that's the shame. That's the shame of it all, too. I don't. I would never get on a pedestal. I mean, a pedestal. I would never get on a podium. I would never get on a, a TV and, and, and radio and just say, "Yo, this cat sucks. He sucks. He sucks. <laughs> He's black." Because I would never want to downgrade another brother from getting his money. It may sound mm-hmm. like a cliche, but I would never want to do that mm-hmm. because nobody did it to us. And mm-hmm. if they did do it to us, they didn't stop us. We right. still do. What we had to do. But um, I would never try to let I would never do the divide and conquer thing you understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. I, I don't live with that wheel and syndrome BS um, I, I like to see cats grow but at the same time I don't want to see this music at a place where 50 years later or 70 years later somebody's making a documentary out this shit and they're looking at it like it's a birth of a nation kind of documentary you mm-hmm. understand what I'm saying mm-hmm. I don't want that to happen even though I probably yeah. will be here more than likely like but that can happen the way the music and the visual is going Right. The visual is really bad too. Absolutely. You're using women as some, some sort of um, objects. <laughs> it just it makes no sense. It's just like this is how we treat our women. We throw money at them and we <laughs> treat them like animals. Right. And it, and you don't you, you don't look down further. You don't look further how it's going to affect the next generation. You got to think about them. This is why Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and Memphis Evers and, and, and uh, a way of all this fought so hard for us. Because they were looking down at the next generation. Hip-hop is not looking down at the next generation. They're just like, I'm living for today. I'm going to make the music and the money right now. I don't give a damn how they perceive it. Whoever want to take the, the realms and, or the reins or whatever and run with it after that, they're going to make the same old crap. <laughs> right, so that's right. And you need an array of people to come along. We need more rap groups. We need more rap we need more female rappers and MCs. We need more R&B groups, period. There's <laughs> <laughs> a more damn R&B group. The, 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 you know, the groups are gone. gone. The group, first the, first the um, what do you call it, first the band died, and now the groups are dead. True. And now everybody's a soloist. Right. There are no, any, there yeah, are no man, more groups. Just, uh, right. You said the bands died. I think that what happened with the R&B bands back in the days was this. Um, when hip-hop started to explode, 
um, it was it was easier for the sound guy, whoever was setting up the next group, to take away two turntables. They add in another set of turntables and hook mm-hmm. it up. That was it. Right. I think with the R&B acts, you had damn near an orchestra up there. You had to take <laughs> all that stuff right. apart for the mm-hmm. next act to come up. Mm-hmm. That took another whole hour. Like mid so condition. They say like, oh, you can do this stuff within two to three minutes and have the next group come on, next group come on, next group come on. I'm not saying that we took over from the R&B. I'm just saying that it was a quicker way for promoters to make their money and not have to stay in the venue to three o'clock in the morning because the last act was Atlantic Star or something. <laughs> they only on their first song and it's at early four o'clock in the morning because you have to take up with all these this equipment on stage. Right. You understand? So um, I think with hip hop too, we took over um, disco. Disco only lasted from seventy four to seventy nine. By seventy nine, you have Rapid Delight come out, and that was the, that was the um, hip hop explosion. And that was the rap explosion. Right. Um, I think once Melly Mel, I mean once Grandma the Flash Series Five came out with the message, I think people looked at hip hop in a whole different way. Like, oh, they're not just rapping about having a good time and partying. This stuff gets deep, and you listen to the last lyric of. Um, the last verse, rather, of flashing through his, of, 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 of the message where Melly Mel mm-hmm. said his whole line, you know, child is born with no state of mind, blind to the ways of mankind. And he said that same rhyme in a song called Super Rapid, but he broke it down a little, he broke it down a little more powerful and deeper mm-hmm. um, when he did the message. And you knew right then, and I knew, hip-hop was pretty much his step. And it, it, it had to come back since. It had to come back since. That's a powerful and, but message. But we got away from that um, diversity, I think. We got away from that... Um, when we were out, it was pretty much, you know, you had your good time guys like us and Heavy D and Big Marky and, right. you know, other guys. You had your conscious guys, the KRS one and Chuck D and, you know, X Clan and um, Poor Righteous Teachers. You had your, 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 your so called, your pretty boy rap with Big Daddy Kane and, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, he's doing his thing. And you had your, your, your lyrical breakdown cats who was like a rock him and, and, and Cool G rap. And, mm-hmm. yeah, so you had whole, you had all, right. all different kind of cats doing their thing. You know, LL was out there. He was the, 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 the ladies love Cool J. You had Beastie mm-hmm. Boys out there. They right. were the good time guys. You had us. We were like the, the 24-hour, you know, buffet. You can eat. You had an array of stuff out there. That's right. You know? So why, why do you think that the radio and the media is pushing this one-dimensional format with just this trap music or this glorification of like you said, trivial things and objectification. Why do, why do you think they're pushing that? This is in the making. This is in the making every since the message. This is in the making every since the message came out. Mm-hmm. Like, when once this music started to break down, once that whole so-called made-up mythical bullshit happened with the East Coast and West Coast, it was their way to sneak in and say, okay, now we can take this over and give them the garbage. Because mm-hmm. now we have the open door to do it. See, the doors were closed when Rundy and, I mean, when, um, when, um, Professor Griff and, and, and Chuck D was giving you the information, when KRS1 was giving you the information, when S Clan was giving you the information, Poor Righteous Teachers was giving you the information. And they was giving you the information, they allowed us to have the good time. You, 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 you guys keep hip hop afloat, we're gonna keep on giving them information. There was no beef between nobody. What we were doing, what they were doing was two totally different things. And they were happy with that. Now, we go out there and sell 20,000, 25,000 seats every night, and they were only selling like 5,000 seats. They were happy with that because they were doing it for the love. They were getting paid, but at the same time, they, they were getting the message out there. They had to put a stop to the message. The message was reaching young white children in the suburbs as well as young black men and women. 
they had to put a stop to the message. And the message was, keep your eyes open for what's going on in this world. Hmm. Nobody wants to know the truth. When you start revealing the truth, people start disappearing. Right. <laughs> well, that's deep. That's what happened. That's a perfect... Uh... That's a perfect thing to leave us with as we go to our next segment because we're, I mean, it's so relevant right now. Well, cool. Let me, let me ask, uh, well, first of all, thanks a lot for taking your time out to, you know, come on the show and chop it up with us. Uh, we really are honored to have a real live living legend on the show. Before you go, let me ask right. you this. Um, yeah, no problem, man. Let, let me ask you this. You, you mentioned, uh, Grandmaster Flash and Melly Mel earlier. Um, I don't know if you're aware, but on social media a while back, there was this, there were some articles and a lot of buzz going around about uh, Grandmaster Flash kind of uh, being a fraud and uh, not really right. deserving all of the props that he got and that really Melly Mel and the rest of the group were the ones who did all the work and he just got his name and just kind of piggybacked but really didn't do anything. What You were around back then. What do you, What's your take on that? Um. What do you want? Really, what do you want Flash to do? You want him to sit around and say because y'all can't get shows as a group because y'all rappers. I'm going to sit around and not make money. I have to pay bills as well. He's a DJ. DJs are always going to get work. So the thing is, the, the sad thing about Flash and the Fury Five is that they they open the door to everything within hip hop. Everything within hip hop came from Grandmaster Flash Fury Five. The sad thing about it was once they were inducted to into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I thought everybody thought. The doors were going to be knocked down for those guys to go on world tours. This is the first rap group inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, you can't tell me those guys, when they, when they got that call for that, they weren't like, this was the pinnacle of their career. Now, when the doors weren't open, open for them, they were sitting around saying, hey, we can't get work. And when we do get work, we're getting no more than $5,000 a show. How are we going to eat off that? we got to split that money. Flash is a DJ. He's a known DJ. He's probably, much, he's probably the, the first DJ to ever scratch on wax. He's going to make money because he's a DJ, period. Mm-hmm. You can't stop the man from doing what he does. He's been doing that for years. Flash never rapped. He never claimed he rapped. He never claimed he was this great MC. He was just a DJ. So um, I don't know the real, real inside of what's going on. I don't know how he, if he manipulated contracts. I don't know if he manipulated Sylvia Robinson to say, I'm the guy who started the whole group. I don't know how that went down. But I'm just saying that if he's eating because he's a DJ, he's separate from you anyway. Mm-hmm. So let so let him let him be what he is. If some if Buff was still here and they said, Well, we don't want Prince Morgan being crew up, we need Buff because he's a beatbox and beatbox are in hot demand. Okay, well have fun. Go out there and make your money. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's mm-hmm. what it is. It's like you can't stop a DJ from making his money. Right. No matter if he's coming from a group of solo artists and he's just out there by himself. A DJ's always going to be in demand. And if they're fighting right now over this and they're at the age that they are and they're fighting over this, I mean, give me a break. Um, you got two, you got a, the, 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 the biggest group in rock and roll at this particular moment, in rock and roll, right? And rock and roll, I'm saying, is the Rolling Stones. Keith Richards and Mick Jagger pretty much hate each other. But they come together for that, that, that common, <laughs> they come together for that one thing. For that fifty million dollar check that they get at the end of the tour, you understand what I'm saying? Right. Better put that BS to the side. You know, if you have beef with your anybody in your crew, I don't give a damn if the guy screwed your girlfriend as long as she's not your wife. I don't give a damn. (laughs) 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 I mean, you come together for that. You you put things aside, man. You say, you know what? This is business. 
this is business and this is how we, we came up together. One thing about us as a group, we made a lot of money. I mean, a lot of money was taken from us. And I mean, we are naive in the game and you got lawyers who don't give a damn about you and accountants who run off with your money. That's going to happen. But one thing that kept us together was we never argued about money because we got paid the same amount. We didn't look at each other's checks and said, yo, why he got a couple of thousand more than me? I didn't know what Mark got. Mark didn't know what I got. I didn't know what Buff got, you know, and vice versa. But we, you know, we pretty much got the same amount of money because we knew our manager ain't going to give us more than the other one because he's taking all the damn money anyway. So, (laughs) 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 but, um, it's, it's, it's a thing where I don't know the, the, the real logistics of what's going on with Flash and Furious 5. Um, I was only cool with Flash and Melly Mel. The other guys were pretty much, um, I never knew, I never got to meet Cowboy who coincidentally coined the phrase hip hop. Now, had he patented that, that word, Right. He would have died a freaking billionaire you know, <laughs> ten times over. Right, so he right. The word. Um, but I already knew those two cats as being some of the nicest guys to us when we was coming into the industry. Those other guys were just pretty much, you know, we were peasants and right. we were kings. That's well, that's cool, man. We we get away from me. I definitely, you know, that kind of thing. Appreciate your uh, your candor and your your answer and everything. You got a? Uh, you have any um, thing you want to shout out? Any social media? Any projects or anything you want to before you go? Um, well, right now I'm about to do some things with a children album with Hallmark. And what we're doing is just talking about the importance of eating, eating right and, and drinking a lot of water and exercising. So okay. that should be out. And, and congratulations on the weight loss, brother. Looking good. Uh-huh. I said congratulations yeah, on your yeah. weight loss. You look good. Oh, yeah. You know, um, it's a, it was an ongoing process. You know, um, one thing I didn't want to take that weight with me into my 40s, you know what I'm saying? And you think about that stuff when you're, when you're like um, 25 years old, you're like, you know, when you're, when you're 18, 19, 20, you think 30 is, is a long way away. <laughs> right. You just start counting right. down. You hit 27, you're like, okay, I'm three years from 30. I didn't want to take that weight with me into my 30s and 40s, so I pretty much made a conscious decision to lose the weight at an early age. And uh, it's hard to keep it off. And it's easy to keep it on, but there's so much good food out there. But uh, <laughs> that's what they got gyms for, you know. Yeah. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us. And before we go into this break, we're going to go out with uh, one of my fat boys' favorites. It's a uh, sex machine. Oh man! <laughs> oh, we did that. We did that song live. Oh. Um, we did that from love. That wasn't no sample. Yeah, that was, that was this is the scratch of that busted. Wow. Yeah. So James Brown was on a mission. Once he woke up out of that coma, he found everybody was using his music. He started shooting everybody left and right. <laughs> he wasn't gonna be one of them. All right, brother. Well, thanks again, and uh, we really appreciate you coming through. Anytime you want to. Promote anything or whatever, come back, man. Come back and come back and chop it up with us anytime. Open invitation. Thanks a lot. All right, thank you. All right, peace. All right, we'll be back. All right, so we're back, and now it is time for us to get into our topics. News and noteworthy. The shiznit. All right. Well, once again, <laughs> we have a not so fun topic for you guys. Um, Sandra Bland. 
You know what? I don't even. I'm. I'm going to throw this to Charlie Bell, and I'm going to let her run with this story because I don't even. I don't even. <laughs> I don't even want to go there, really. But you know, we kind of have to go there. It's all over the place. Everybody's talking about it. It's it's a big thing. So uh, we need to discuss it. But I'm really not in the mood to it. So Charlie Bell, tell us about Sandra Bland, please. Ooh. Okay, let me do some moves real quick. <laughs> um, so Sandra Bland was a 28-year-old African-American woman from Chicago. Chicago? Yeah, yeah Chicago. Illinois. And Illinois. she was just moving uh, down south to Atlanta. For Texas. Te- Texas. Oh, to Texas. Yeah. I thought Fairview she was driving. Okay. So, see, I'm the wrong person to lead. <laughs> I don't have my notes in front of me. But um, she was driving down south through um, Waller County, which is outside of Houston, and she um, – got stopped for an extremely minor bullshit petty traffic violation of not failing to signal when trying to get over to let a cop pass. And this cop um, proceeds to pull her over. And when she expressed normal human emotion and irritation at getting pulled over, he basically escalated the situation to the point where he pulled her out of the car, um, brutalized her and she, and arrested her. Um, and then three days later, we know that she was found hanging in her cell, deceased. Yes. I don't think we ever heard there on the on the microphone. I don't think we ever heard on that tape that she ever getting her Miranda rights either. No, we, we didn't. didn't. No, no I, I read. I listened to that tape a couple of times, mm-hmm. and he never. And he didn't. Yeah, and we, even in the conversation with his sergeant, he didn't mention that he read her her rights. Mm-hmm. He um, he discussed what charge he they were going to give her with the sergeant, but when she asked what she was being uh, arrested for, he never told her, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, yeah, it's a, a, a very unfortunate situation. It does look like, uh, I know in the beginning, a lot of people were saying that, uh, they didn't believe that she hung herself. Mm-hmm. I think now people are changing their tunes, uh, since the autopsy and there's been investigations from different agencies and they all coming back with the same conclusion. Well, that's, I don't think that's accurate. The, there's still investigations going on. There was one autopsy that was completed, and this death was ruled a suicide. But I think the FBI is still investigating. Right. So. But I, I think that even if it's not a, even if it's not a homicide and it comes back that it is a suicide, right. I mean, isn't there, there's, there's something to it's be said the for, point. yeah, it, for harassment, for, she shouldn't have been in the damn Yeah. Jail. I mean, you, you're not even read your Miranda rights. You're right. thrown in jail and you're told like basically like too bad for you. Right. You know, that would make a person want to give up on life. Right. You know? I mean, it's not unreasonable to feel suicidal when mm. you've been totally railroaded and just you don't know what's going to happen to your life yeah so that aside we don't know her mental state we don't know why or how she would have access to and the time and the opportunity to um hang herself in jail let alone motive so you know leave that to the fbi but i think one of the reasons that this is hitting so at least i have to speak for myself one of the reasons this is hitting so close to home is because it could have been any of us. It yeah. could have been the way that she was treated, the my, the my, the how minor the um, so-called offense was that yep. she that you know kicked off this whole process, precipitated this whole um, situation, ending in her death. It just goes to show you how precarious Black life is in this country, yeah. and how arbitrary and capricious is the the use and authority of police power in our communities, and mm-hmm. literally any minor 
type of interaction that you ever have with police enforcement in this country can end up in you being dead just for being a person of color, just for being black. So this is why we're saying black lives matter. It's literally our lives are at stake every time we encounter the police. It's sickening. Yeah, because it is a distinctly, I think, a, a black interaction that co- they have with cops. Because I had the unique experience of actually being in a car with my partner. Her, she's white, and her. We went to spend Christmas with her uncle, who lives in Houston, and Ooh. he's like a white guy in his forties, above six feet, mm-hmm. is a banker. You know, lives in a really prominent suburb. He drives a Jag, mm. and he got pulled over when we were in the car for running um, a red light for going to that could actually on a yellow. kill yes. a person it, it was yellow right okay. he says it was yellow it, it was red okay. um, so you know he gets pulled over by the cop and the cop approaches the car and he starts off with why'd you pull me over and i am mortified in the back seat like you can't talk to a police officer right. like that. he proceeds to basically hand this man his hat right. this police officer he basically tells him you had no business pulling me over <gasps> Like, how dare you? It's the holidays. I have family in the car. Like, you know, you had, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. And the police officer was actually different. Different. Deferred. He, he was just oh. like, sorry, sir. You know, I'm sorry for the inconvenience, sir. He gave him a warning. <gasps> uh, it, it was real. And he was pissed about the warning. Right. I mean, he was like put out because right. how dare you give me a warning. Hashtag criming while white. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I just, when I was, I was, when he, when the co- police officer went back to his car with, um, uh, John's wallet, I mean, his uh, license. I said to him, I said, you can't talk to a cop like that. And he just looked at me like, he didn't get it. Crazy? He didn't get like, it. I'll talk to him any way I want to. Right. I, do you know the taxes I pay or whatever? You right. know, his attitude was like, He's a, a public servant. He's, you know a, he's, my, he's a public yeah. servant, and I'm a member of the public. Yeah, pretty much. And we, we, even though we are taxpayers, we are citizens, we don't even have the luxury yeah. to expect that our so-called public servants are going to yeah. treat us are going to have any, not even treat us with dignity and respect, but even value our lives. Yeah. Our, as uh, the fact that we are living beings. It's, and taxpayers. <laughs> right. I mean, that's, well, that's, like that's everybody beside else. the point. Well, you know what I mean? I've, I've actually seen police um, show a, a, an immense amount of restraint in situations where I thought they would have been justified <clears throat> with using force. Uh, I was, uh, I did a, um, but this wasn't one. We're talking about in Sandra Bland's case. No, she was just talking about her her uh, her father-in-law. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, basically, uh, I mean, I, I, uh, basically, what I, what I'm trying to say is, I, I've seen cops show restraint as well mm-hmm. uh, under situations. I saw there was a guy uh, was was working on a film where we didn't have any permits, and uh, we were in we were in uh, a high crime area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we had real-looking rifles pointed mm-hmm. at what appeared to be a bus driver on, mm-hmm. on a bus. Mm-hmm. And so the police came over to see what was going on. And one of the uh, one of the gentlemen was jumping up and down with the rifle, uh, screaming, "We're shooting a movie!" And, and the police they had their guns drawn because it looked it looked bad. And uh, eventually, uh, the director, who happened to be black, everyone in the situation was black, except for the police, uh, walked over and talked to the police. And the police uh, said, OK, put their guns away. And granted, we didn't have any. They could have they could have uh, shut down the production. They could have shut down the production, but they didn't. They just uh, put their guns away. Yeah. And this is and, Los Angeles. So, you know, there's a lot of film production. Well, there used to be a lot of film. <laughs> production yeah. going on, so, well, I mean, know. but my, my point is, I mean, yes, there are police that go over the line, but there are also police that. Um, you know, just say, you know, uh, okay, just, uh, 
um, they'll let you off with a warning. But I think um, that's the point, is that we, as taxpayers and citizens, should be able to expect that our public servants – police included, that they do show restraint, exactly. that they don't escalate situations, mm-hmm. that that's part of their professional training mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. standards. Mm-hmm. And what we have instead are situations where not only are black people over-policed so much and, you know, that that it's so common that a minor, something that shouldn't have been escalated, something where he should have and could and he, have easily shown restraint, mm-hmm. he escalated it unnecessarily mm-hmm. and you know triggered a string of events that ultimately ended this woman's life. Mm-hmm. And so that's the point. Yeah, you're, you're saying what we should be able to take for granted is that the police acted like they had some goddamn sense. Well, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to say this, and I know this is not going to be a popular opinion, but <laughs> since when has that ever stopped me? Mm-hmm. Um I would say, um, yeah, and since this is our reality, um, I I would recommend that people of all races, creeds, colors, genders, and whatever else, whatever people of any category, when dealing with the police, that you are humble and that you are respectful, and no matter how much you're in the right, that you try to. D, you remain calm and uh, keep the situation de-escalated. That's how I deal with the police um, because I know the reality of what could happen. I know that they have badges and guns, mm-hmm. and I would rather uh, be right and, and alive, and, and alive mm-hmm. you know, and or and swallow my pride than to uh, have to say whatever runs across my mind or to inflame the situation. And end up dead. Yeah. Well, so that, I, 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 I. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, um, so you know that being said, uh, I I definitely think that Sandra Bland could have did some things um, not to. And this is not blaming the victim, you know, because uh, no way did she deserve what happened to her. But I feel like she could have approached it differently and. It might have saved her life. Um, she shouldn't have had to have, but that's the reality that we live in. And that's my recommendation uh, for people because that's the way I do it. Yeah, I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, I, a friend of mine told me that, like, you know, just smile and, and, and you know, be nice to cops and they'll they sometimes they won't give you a ticket. And I've learned that that could be true. But I don't think that by changing, I think that that might be the case that you'll have a better interaction with police officers but that doesn't really address the problem that we have with authoritarian personalities that being on the true. police force that is true because it starts off with just you didn't obey my command to put out your cigarette and tomorrow it's you didn't obey my command to dance or to dance or do you know whatever touch me you know what i mean who knows first of all how are you going to command me to do shit but yeah. i'm that's not, not I'm that's, Ill, that's legal that you really want to address the problem of you know this ab- systemic abuse police and, abuse yeah, yeah and because there is but you know, during the situation my goal is to stay alive absolutely but i think so, what, what our what our responsibility is now is to make sure that our justice system works and the police are an integral part of that and we're not going to get there by just saying you know this is sin- changing this, individual behavior you know exactly because it, it, the cop we have a serious yeah. problem and you know i you know I, I read this report from um uh it was actually on the grio and it's by samuel uh v jones he's a professor at the uh john j marshall i guess law mm-hmm. school 
And he, um, you know, there's a report from the FBI in 2006 that there was a concern that white supremacists were infiltrating the police forces. Mm -hmm. That it was a serious problem. They were were finding cases of white people who had Klan affiliations and whites who were part of neo-Nazi groups who were part of police forces Mm -hmm. from San Francisco to Texas. I mean, it was all over the place, like, you know, on the East Coast, everywhere. And I think that that that's that's something that we need to address and take a look at instead of, you know, you know, looking at this problem is just simply a race problem because it, it it's abuse of power. Problem. If, you know, they'll come for me in the morning. They'll be coming for you in the night, mm-hmm. you know, and right. we got to really look at this and say, my God, police are really getting yeah. what they, if they can get away with right. it. They will. It steps to a police state. And it mm-hmm. just so happens that black yeah. people have always been on the forefront of whatever ne- kind of negative impact that yeah. our social structure has. The power, you know, we're, yeah. we're always on the, the front edge of it, but it mm-hmm. is a, a matter of obviously racism, white mm-hmm. supremacy, Mm-hmm. systemic racism but it's also a problem of like she said uh, police abuse you know the fact that the surveillance that's going on in mm-hmm. all of our communities mm-hmm. the excess the military militarization of the police the profit mm-hmm. motive that's in arresting and jailing mm-hmm. people it's all connected right mm-hmm. so I mean, absolutely, in terms of what Dino is saying, as an individual, when you encounter a police, you have the choice of how you want to behave. If you Mm want to humble yourself, if you want to assert your rights, you know, but but the bottom line is, A, that's not going to change the systemic problem, and B, you know... It's not even any guarantee that it's going to save you or yeah. help you. I mean, this is because the thing. He, this the whole situation was so arbitrary and yeah. so capricious. And, you know, he, it was clear. I don't know if he's a member of the Klan or a not neo-Nazi organization, but it was clear he wasn't finna have this uppity negress asserting her rights yes. and talking about, you know, what she had a right to do in her own car, even though she was perfectly right. He was a good old boy that was not going to be satisfied right. with anything less than pure submissiveness from her part. And he was baiting her. He was, you told, know what I mean, yeah. from the beginning. You know, he, he starts off and he asks her what what's wrong. You know, like what's your attitude problem, basically. Right. And you know, like, who's like, happy you know, to get you're, pulled you're over? Yeah, no exactly. one's no one's happy when Don't you get ask pulled that over. Question. That's dumb. You know I mean? like, That's dumb. You know. Well, when I, I got pulled over once, and I was really, it was for uh, uh, my seatbelt wasn't uh, uh, seatbelt wasn't fastened, and I was I was quite angry. And when the cop came to the car, I uh, let out a few f bombs. And he said, I uh, I don't appreciate that sort of language, and I, I would ask you to stop. And as soon as he said that, I just I I knew where I was, and I, I just said, okay. Yeah, he and, de-escalated the situation. Well, well, no, uh, <laughs> I, I I I I realized that I was being told to watch my mouth, and so I did. And I, and but I, he and, de-escalated the situation. He didn't say to you, "Get out the car." Right. Talking, he didn't say, "Get out the car." Oh, should, I'm gonna light you up. I'm gonna I'm gonna search your car now. Right. Like you're in, you know what I mean? This well, is I've, right. I've, I've had my car searched. But, um, I mean that. In every situation I've dealt with the police, when they give me a command, I I obey the command. It doesn't matter if I like it or not. But they still that and and you know when he asked her to put out the cigarette, she basically just should have put out the cigarette. I'm not and I'm not I'm not saying that 
That's right. No, she shouldn't have. Why? It's not against the law to well, smoke in your car. Well, she shouldn't have asked her They sell American cigarettes in every goddamn state, city, and town in this motherfucking country. She could smoke a cigarette. She wasn't doing anything illegal. She shouldn't have asked That's that. not his fucking place. But it's, and, it's not, and you know what? Point, and it's not I'm, illegal to curse I mean, the cop either. I, that's not against the law. That's why I know it's not illegal to, to curse at the cop. <laughs> I know it's not illegal to smoke a cigarette. What I'm saying is... It's not a good idea. It's, yes. But if you want to live. But, but the, where does but, that end? The, the only reason end? it's not a good idea is because we live in a society where, where, we've, where we already know that the police are arbitrary and capricious and can, can go off at any moment okay, violating so, so, our okay, rights so what and do you taking do? our lives. So, so you would rather, so you you would rather have him... So you would fight the cop? No, I'm not saying fight the cop in that he moment. I'm saying her. we have to fight to change the Okay, okay, him. okay. Given. We should tell it's, him. It's a given. He should not have asked her to put out a cigarette. He should uh, he, uh, he, he should not have taken her to jail. Okay, that's a given. So let's just leave it there. And, and I'm saying yeah. I'm saying that's, 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 right there. that's the end. That's what we Anything should Anything else about. is justification. Yeah. And no, that's where you no, no, yes, it no, is. Not. Yes, it no, is. Not. No, of course, not. it is. Anything no, it's else. You're saying that she had a role in the behavior of the cop, who's supposed to be a professional public no, servant. That is not what we're and, saying. That is not what I'm saying. Okay. What I'm saying is, if you want to live, it's in your best interest to behave a certain way. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's fair. I'm saying if you want to fucking live. But that does not fix the fucking problem. I didn't say and it, it did. And not only, I'm not trying to fix, to fix the problem. The I'm trying to keep problem. people alive. But right. it doesn't always work. I'm talking about in the situation. It doesn't keep people alive. But she, she it, was very, it's more likely than not. not no. It's really, more like, not yes, it is. Every single one of these interactions with cops have yes. been based on somebody, uh, somebody it's, bouncing It's more likely than not. Obeying. It's more likely than not. Escalating a situation and de-escalating a situation, yeah, come on. That's, that's common sense. But she, it's more I don't likely. think she escalated the situation. She definitely escalated the situation. Okay. I think she I think she was very it's calm and collected. To, it's not her job to de-escalate the situation. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's his. It doesn't matter. I just I just think that I think that I think that, it, I think that our, our, our police, police departments and these authoritarian personalities will seize on anything to justify their behavior. Right. And they love right. when the public says, well, you got to, you know, you got to talk to cops a right. certain way. You know what I mean? That's I mean, what they rely on is like, everybody knows you got to talk to us. A certain way. So you guys right. want to just have people talk to them any old kind no, of way and keep dying? That's like not that. what we're saying. Okay, we're I'm talking about two different things. We're saying, okay, after after the fact, after the incident, then all this stuff that you guys are talking about, that's when that comes into play. But we're what talking, we're talking about is in the moment, it is in your best interest. We already went through that. If you want to, well, then why, then why because, are you, why are you challenging us on this? Because no. what we're saying is it's not two different things. The <laughs> expectation that people who are citizens and taxpayers are supposed to behave a certain way to not trigger violent reactions from cops, it's fucked up. It's a part, we, we should not, we cannot tolerate the fact that we live in a society where the, the person who is the citizen and the taxpayer has to, is, has to worry about triggering a, a fucking unprofessional, violent, Reaction from a cop who's put there to serve and protect. And if that's, you, it's not a separate thing. You can't separate them. And if you don't address that issue, you will eventually be at the place where it's like a blowjob. You know what I mean? I ordered you to give me a blowjob. Okay, you know slippery right? slope if argument. You think, Here we go. If you don't think that that is but like that reality, I just LAPD, oh my God. There, wait, there's a, there's a case right now of LAPD cops who are getting convicted for raping women in and for that same exact thing that she just said. That happens. It's not a slippery slope. The theory it happens it's a reality you know you can't just give people you can't give them unmitigated authority over people and that they don't they're not held to any kind of standards and the public isn't outraged by his behavior 
Right. The public yeah. has to be outraged by this behavior because cops have to be held to a, a higher standard than the average citizen. Absolutely. They just do. I'm not denying they, that. And I'm if not they don't like that he was in the wrong. have to become a police officer. That's the thing. Right. Become something else. So that's it and that's all. That's 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 it and that's all. Th- this is this is just representative and reflective of what we go through every day. I think that's why so many it's inflamed so many people across the nation. Even white people are trying to see what we have to put up with every day. And, the, you know, Vanessa, the story you told about yeah. your, your uncle-in-law just taking for granted. No fear at all. Respect and fair treatment. Mm-hmm. And we can't take it for granted at all. That's the problem mm-hmm. is that we, we, have, we can't take it for granted so much to the point where we're telling each other, oh, submit, submit. Mm-hmm. That's. Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah, absolutely. It, it's like, it reminds me of like, you know, something out of the fifties, you know what I mean? When you're like, you know, make sure you say yes, sir. You know what I mean? Make sure you cross that street when he's, right. when they're walking down the street, it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, you can do that. Right. And then that will keep you from getting lynched. But Maybe. eventually, right. But it did, you know, people got it, lynched it anyway. Got, yeah. And they just got worse. Right. The authoritarian so. personality just gets worse. All right. Well, I think it's time to, uh, read our mail. You've got mail. All right, Charlie Bell, you want to read our mail from LL, please? Sure. LL says, hello, Shiznit Show. I want to let you guys know I really do enjoy the show, mainly how well you all seem to talk about issues and you'll have your stance on it and you can still laugh together joking about the topic. <laughs> You can never go wrong laughing together unless you're cackling. (laughs) Damon. Uh, Then you need to. Anyway, you guys are good for me, and that's why I listen. I feel happy when I listen. I'm always in a light mood then. So, yes, I'm selfish. I'm listening for me. Okay, so here's – but he does have a serious question that he wants us to resolve. (laughs) Yeah, serious question, yeah. He says, how do you say – and for those of our listeners who are not – african-americans who grew up in the 80s he said how do you say kangol which is the the hat popularized by ll cool, cool j so many slick other rick. slick rick so many other uh, utfo? utfo pretty much any rapper in the 80s that was mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so he says it's kango like you don't even acknowledge that the l's there and his wife is saying it's kangol like angola so my logic, okay, so anyway, my logic is anywhere that wears the hat, wore the hat, knows someone that does, did, or would say Kango. Kango, not Kangol. <laughs> so she put this out to Facebook and got a mixed response. Black people said Kango for the most part, and white and Asian people said Kangol. So what say ye? I say Kango. Yeah, I say Django. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, his wife is... Technically right, I believe. I believe it is pronounced Kangol, mm-hmm. but no one says that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically like saying, uh, instead of saying four, saying foe. You know, right. you just drop the last uh, right. last letter. Right. Yeah, pretty much. So you think it's just, it, it had to do with just black usage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just a call. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. That's what I think. So when does that become, the, so what... You say, when does that become the standard as opposed to, you know what I'm saying? So just because we say it, does that mean that's what we're supposed to say? I, I think if you grew up listening to hip hop in the 80s, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it yeah. D- it depends on the, the situation. I mean, of course, if you say 
uh, four instead of four, mm-hmm. and you're in a job interview or at work. <laughs> That's that's a bad idea. That's not a good idea. But if we're talking about, you know, hip hop and and hip hop uh, culture and slang and things like that, and everyone calls it Kango, even though it's Kango, then I think you're right to call it Kango because that's what we call it. I mean, that's and that's the place for it. You know, I mean, so it's totally different. So it's based on context. Yeah, of course, like everything. So. So there you go, LL. There you go. And so nobody else is just okay. No, what? You no, know? no. I, I just I was waiting for more uh, input. Import. Yeah, I guess Vanessa doesn't care. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. If a cop pulled you over no. and said, I mean, "Is it Kango or Kango?" I would say Kango. I said how you, an L. It's there. Actually, I would say. I would say, how L. do you pronounce it, sir? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. Okay, well, with that, I guess that uh, brings us to a close. So, um, yeah, first show back and um, the experiment. Hmm, I don't know. We kind of abandoned the the format. Still got some bugs to work. Out. Yeah, part way through, or whatever. Quite a few. <laughs> but it, it it it. But I'm glad we did it because it gave me an idea of what the show would be like. Different. And, yeah, and I don't know. So anyway. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> with that, uh, um, we'll see you guys next week. Uh, don't forget to, uh, share us on your social media, you know, put us on to somebody. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for following us. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, Vanessa Carmichael for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thanks Yay. to Odd Cool Rock for coming on the show. Yay. And, uh, until next week, for uh, Charlie Bell, Damon Weasel Stanford, for Vanessa Carmichael, I'm Dino Red. Holla at your boy. From all of our crew to listeners like you, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of The Shiznit. And don't forget to tell your friends about the show. Check out our website, theshiznitshow.com, or hit us up on Facebook under The Shiznit. Follow us on Twitter at The Shiznit Show. Write to us at theshiznitshow at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail. And make it sexy at 424-261-4878. This has been The Shiznit. You're listening to the Red Rock Podcast Network.